welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name is David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, is my beautiful blushing bride, Londa Sherwood Austin. And Hello, I lo- hello. I love what you got cooking today, Johnny Cash shirt. Show, show our friends on YouTube. Lovely. High fashion. Ring of fire. You've got kind of a high fashion thing going today, and I like it. The white and the black and I, the shoes. I I don't, I, I don't know how we get that on screen. You know, our our recording device is uh, not getting your feet right now, and I guess we don't need to get your feet. That, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm wearing a skirt and anything. a Johnny Cash t-shirt. It's you, not high fashion. You just... look like a French model today, and I look like somebody's dad dressed in Florida wear. And I like that. Oh, my goodness. The Session is a show that typically celebrates customer service experiences. And this episode is going to be a little bit different. And here's what I mean. We're going to talk more holistically today about our entire situation so that we can then segue into healthcare and how to treat people when they're... um, kind of at their worst, right? Um, and and it's a very scary thing to have a diagnosis, especially a cancer diagnosis. My mother died of cancer upon her second or third recurrence of breast cancer. My dad died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And that is a scary, scary thing. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different aspects so we can have a holistic picture and then talk about the rights and the wrongs in customer service and healthcare, maybe that's exactly. I think that's, I'm that's hoping exactly that's right. where we go. That's exactly right. So, um, for I'm the, very nervous. You should be because this is a very personal story for you. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the beginning. You were married for twenty six tw- years. Had a very successful twenty six year marriage. That's exactly yeah. right. To a guy that I absolutely adore. Well, he's the father of my children. Seven so. children that you birthed. Yep. All, all without drugs. Yeah. You're smoking a little drugs now dealing I with the seven not, children. <laughs> that's not true. Much easier now. No one wakes me up in the middle of the night. I mean, it's great. That's exactly right. Yeah. I, too, was married for 20 years in mm-hmm. a very successful marriage. In fact, my ex-wife, Sarah, said to me um, when we were talking about divorce, you know, David, they, uh, they, they write stories about restaurants that last 20 years and those stories are all glowing about how successful the mm-hmm. restaurant yeah. was yeah. when they are deciding to shut it down because it's been in the family for 20 yeah. years. And it's a good point. Nobody says, ooh, it only lasted 20 years. And no one writes that article about divorces. Always they say failed marriage or relationship died. Speaking of dead relationships, uh, Benefer may be back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're just commiserating. I don't know, and I don't care. For those who don't know who Benefer are, in the early 2000s, I think around 2002, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were a hot item. And, you know, they've been seen for the last week or so somewhere like Montana, vacationing together. And that's fun. I, Love will find a... Love will find a way. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, the reason I bring up our marriages is because when your marriage ended, Mm -hmm. um, you have been blowing and going a hundred miles an hour ever since then. Um, Which a lot of people do, right? It's a it's a very common trauma response mm -hmm, to. mm 
just fill your calendar. Right. And just, and that's what I did. I worked excessively. Mm-hmm. I played really hard. I, you know, and, and I just was running, um, a good solid 15 hours a day, working out twice a day, like just uh, doing, doing two a days, doing all the things, um, that you do when you don't want to deal with how you really feel about everything. Feeling your feelings. Yeah. Feeling your feelings is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Well, and I was in that 4,400 square foot house by myself intermittently between girlfriends that I moved in and then moved out again for at least two years. And I can say that all of the relationships that I had during that time very, I think of very fondly. Everybody that I dated, I'm friends with, and I have no regrets. You and I are different, but carry on. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, maintaining friendships and just because a relationship may not work in one aspect, sure, doesn't mean there saying. should be no relationship, right? And right. I only ever went out with people that I was attracted to on multiple levels right not just hey i think you're hot and want to see what you look like with no clothes on you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i hear the words coming out of your mouth yes anyway that uh, that's neither here (laughs) nor there what i'm saying is we we both had several relationships some good some bad some fleeting some longer than others but we filled our calendars with people and stuff yeah and work i worked a lot a lot. Often to not feel the feels. Absolutely to not feel the feels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that we have gotten that out of the way, what's next? I don't, I in your fell story. in love with you. I don't know. What well, actually, that was an interesting <clears throat> part of the story that I don't think we've told publicly to many people. Um, you're, of course, a real estate agent licensed in Washington, and mm-hmm. I'm a mortgage lender, not a broker, but a mortgage lender licensed in Washington. Yep. And um, after you got your divorce, um, I had no knowledge of your divorce situation because we weren't running in the same circles. You know, we were always <laughs> friendly. And right. I did your home loan 11 years ago for you and Jeff. Yeah, um, but we didn't really know each other. We were just, right. I knew of you peripherally. Kind we of, were but... acquainted and in public friendly acquaintances. Sure. You know, yeah. like one one Sunday we sat at church with you and your ex-husband and, and that was yeah. lovely. Yeah. That was lovely. So... Then, I don't know, a couple of months after my divorce was final, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we met for a business meeting to talk about work, I guess. That's what, anyway, Well, well, I I don't know how many details you want to get into Well, I'll tell the story from my perspective, and if I say anything (laughs) that's not true or you feel differently about, let it out. So, anyway, uh, let's say it's February. Or March. February or March. It was March. Um, and I go to, you know who will know this? All of Century 21 will know this. There was a Century 21 logo reveal yeah, party. Yeah, it was like their rebranding kind That's of party. Exactly and they right. did a fashion show on the stairs, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. was fantastic. I think it was a Wednesday. It was pre-COVID. Uh, oh, yeah. And I sure. went there because, you know, everybody in town was invited to come see yeah. the branding thing in Tri-Cities. It's Kennewick, I think, technically. And I went because they always um, serve... Liquor. 
Yeah. You went for the free drinks. I went for the champagne. No, but to network, you know, with people. And, right. And it was another thing to put in my calendar. So and and I great. went I went because, you know, being a lender in the Tri-Cities for, I guess, almost 20 years, it's old home week. Everybody's yeah. there, so I get to see everybody I care about, yeah. right? And you make good connections. That's so exactly right. And, and celebrate their thing that they're doing. And right? I went there with one goal, and that goal was to schedule a meeting with a realtor that I don't currently do business with. Literally, that was my goal. I wrote it in my little my little Franklin Covey planner, <laughs> and I went to my thing. And it wasn't my thing. It was their thing. So I went to their thing, and they had a lovely spread. Uh, the Montagudos always put on a fun party for the industry. For sure. And so they had, you know, somebody making craft cocktails, and there were two drinks on the menu, and they were being made, and it was beautiful. Um, they had a presentation with the logo reveal. They had a little fashion show where yeah. you could see their merch. Mm-hmm. And um, then I looked across the room and I saw you and you were wearing some kind of off the shoulder gray sweater dress kind of deal. And I remember thinking, wow, that's Londa. Look at her. And later in the event, we started talking and this is what you said to me. And I've always thought you were kind of um, uh, ethereal, kind of out of my reach in my dating world. So you were never, ever someone that I considered as a possible candidate for the David Austin experience. I just didn't think you'd want to get on the ride. So anyway, I saw you across the room. (laughs) That doesn't translate to radio. What you just did. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Carry on. Okay. So I see you across the room and you were the new productivity coach for Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that. And so I figured I'd come over and say hello. And I did not to date you, maybe to make you the realtor that I'd go on the next business appointment with. And I put it in my Franklin Covey planner. So I was not going to change that. And you looked at me. I was standing there talking to um, the big guy in lending, Jeremy. Um, come on, you know. Brock. Brock, Jeremy. But that's exa- I love not that Not that it guy. matters, but... Uh, I love that guy, though. I feel okay. he may have appropriated my fashion sense with oh, my fancy he's cups. he's his own guy. He is, Leave he is. I'm just alone. kidding. He's I like I like that guy a lot. And yeah. he's the first person I interviewed to hire when I ran Guild Mortgage. Did you know that? No. He was my first targeted employee. He did not come work with me. Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> I see you there in whatever that gray sweater dress thing Black. was. Black or gray, I don't know. My rods and cones aren't working. Off the shoulders, what I remember. And um, I walked over to you and said, hello. And you said, hey, Austin, how come you take all the girls in my office to drinks but me? And I said, because I'm respectful. And you looked at me, and do you remember what you said to me? I said, why, whatever does that mean? Well, there was a, what does that mean? But there was an F word in there. What the F does that mean is what you said. I did. I did. And I said, well, you know, um, your daughter is married to a lender who's a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. Why would I waste your time and my money calling on you? Right. And you told me that you guys didn't work exclusively together. Right. And my response was, great. How about drinks at Twigs Friday at four? Because that's what you do. You take, you know, the the realtors that you want to call out for, uh, uh, safe, um, not on my turf, not on your turf, 
informal chat. Let's call it that. Okay. And you come with your notebook and you take notes and you ask questions and you ask Which for the business. Which is what you did. We met Friday at uh, Twigs and you came in with your little notebook. Ready and to I go. had on my sport coat and I'm yeah. ready to go. It's a professional meeting. And I think you might have been on a date. I don't know. I was pretty open to mm-hmm. wherever that might lead, right. if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah, and that was the farthest thing from my mind. I had no concept that that okay, was a so thing. I thought, I th- you know, obviously I'd seen you. I knew you were single now. I was single now, and I was like, oh, hmm, that David Austin's pretty cute. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, I find myself odd looking, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't looking for anything right long term. My intention, honestly, my intention was to likely never get married again. Right, um, and I wasn't looking for any kind of long term anything. I was just going to be very happy being single, traveling, working, and I mm-hmm. could find a lot mm-hmm. of fulfillment and satisfaction in that. And, wasn't looking for anything else, but you're cute. So I think it's fun that you say I'm cute. Yeah. I like that. Well, and I loved your energy. I loved being in your space. That was really attractive to me. Just your energy. I thought, well, who knows what this is, but I like being in this guy's energy. The loud, funny guy. The loud, funny guy. Let's hang out with the loud, funny guy. The funny guy always gets the girl. That's what I've been saying since I was a little kid. <laughs> That's the story I've told myself, yeah. and it's always worked out, but... I never thought you could possibly be someone that would want to go out with me ever. Never. Never considered it. But it did turn into business, that meeting, because on that was Friday and Monday, I sent you some clients. That's right. It was a successful business meeting because we followed the steps. We sat down. We Mm -hmm. talked about where it hurts. And we both prescribed a problem or prescribed a solution to what hurt. Right. And you said, tell you what, David, I will send you those clients on Monday. Mm -hmm. There you go. So that was our first yeah. sit-down meeting. And I think it wasn't too long after that you invited me to go hiking. That's exactly right. Because yeah. in sales, you want to go deep with the people that you work with, form a relationship. And one thing that you told me, I didn't even know I was doing it. You told me a story about a guy who does tailgate parties for his favorite university every oh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. There's a realtor um, that they talk about at Ninja selling training mm-hmm, when you go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like sphere marketing right. kind of. And so you don't have to market in a traditional way. So this guy um, loves this particular team. I don't even remember what team it is. Let's but say the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I don't know if say. that's a team. And every time they have a game, he throws a, like, tailgate style party at his house right and he invites people from different spheres of his life so right. he'll invite a few work friends a few you know um like the guys he plays softball with a few of the you know his kids um friends parents mm-hmm. maybe if you're part of a church organization or community groups you know so he'll invite different people from each of those spheres Generally, and he tries to be really thoughtful about this, about people who would connect well, you mm-hmm. know, if he can smart be a connector of others. And I've thrown events like that. And it's it's actually really, really fun and really helpful. And you don't invite the same people every time. You invite different people because you're trying to connect people to each other. Makes sense. But anyway, what happens is like 80% of his 
real estate business comes from those parties and all he's doing is just having a great time. And he doesn't talk about real estate at the parties. He just is that guy. And then when people have real estate needs, they come and talk to him. Sure. And that's, that's great. So I was doing the same thing unbeknownst to me. That Mm -hmm. was a sales technique. But what I did was I invited people that I wanted to get to know better to go hiking with me. And I hiked Badger Mountain. Right. Um, and so I did that for years with friends of mine. In fact, my buddy JD and I hiked every Tuesday and every Thursday and sometimes on Saturdays. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, when I invited you to come, he has never hiked Badger since. And that's a real thing. I don't know about that. JD from Fat Olives has been skiing instead and not hiking Badger. Well, there you go. And that's okay, but it ironically coincided with us beginning to hike together and actually that turned out okay for both of us because he continues to ski and I got married to the lady I was hiking with so worked out Mm -hmm. we got to know each other on those hikes and and I think that is exactly how our relationship happened Mm -hmm. and because to me you weren't a prospect right and I felt the same way I told you stuff I shouldn't have told you. Like well, I told you all about my dating life. I told you all well, about... I told you all about mine too because we weren't... I thought, okay, th- I flirted with you a little bit. Right. Uh, you know, the first couple of times we got together and I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, he's not about it. Okay, so that's fine. But I really like being in your space. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you weren't going to be interested in me romantically, I still wanted to be a friend because of that energy and the conversations that we had while we were hiking were really deep right? and no holds barred. Right. I mean, they were like calling each other out on our stuff yep. and, you know, I'd say to you, well, you know, you're, relationships don't work because this that and the other thing and 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 as a coach you knew exactly what to say to make me examine what was really happening there well I asked a lot of questions right you know some of those mortality motivation questions like if you knew you only had three years left on this earth what would you do differently about your life it's interesting that 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 was one of the questions Mm -hmm. and you know what right now I don't think I'd change a thing if I had three years left. And that's weird to say because I'm not trying to do something different than what I'm doing right now. Life yeah, is pretty awesome. I'm not trying awesome. to do anything different, but I do have things I want to. It's mostly books I want to write. That's like, exciting. Like I, I, three years is not enough time to write everything I want to write. Well, you better get writing. Thought, I don't know why you're wasting time with a podcast if you want I to write just, books. Get get writing. I just thought of another <laughs> another concept for for a book series this morning. What is I, it? When I woke up. Can I know? Can you say well, it or do you I not want to? Well, I thought it would be super cool to write um, some kind of family history. Mm-hmm. Like write about my mom who my kids adore. Right. Right. I always say they love my mom way more than they love me. Man, they <laughs> loved her differently than they loved yeah, you. Yeah, okay. There, there's no such thing as they loved her more than you. But that's, there's so that's much not of, a real deal. There's so much of her history they don't know. Right. And there's so much, honestly, of my history they don't know. Okay. And so I thought it would be cool to give them each a set of three books. One, the story of her. Okay. One titled the story of me. Mm-hmm. And the third titled the story of you. That's awesome. And so. the you being them. 
Yeah, yeah, being each of them. Right, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool deal. Isn't that neat? You could sell that as well as one of those books you buy at like a stationery store where it's the story of you and you open it up and, and it they asks fill questions. it in. Yes. Yeah, uh, Danielle, my oldest daughter, actually got me a book like that um, recently that I've been working on. Well, maybe that's what you could use as the maybe. jump off point. But there's some crazy stories in, you know, in the family history that I know. I just shared one of them with a couple of the kids recently about Girl. how how my mom came to be even i, I think that's a, that that's not a book that's a movie that is really an is. awesome movie yeah it's let's a, it's tell a, the story nope I don't come want on to. nope not in this episode where, where can we do the burl story i don't know okay if later. you want to hear about burl and i do mean you <laughs> reach out to us and we will put together a special edition Dude, of a podcast not called the session with Londa and David because <laughs> that's what this is right. we'll put together something called Burl I'm telling you now it's exciting it's got uh uh adventure it's got action it's got intrigue. abuse it's got intrigue betrayal. it's got sex and betrayal it I is mean, a Southern Gothic story. It is. That has true crime woven within. Yeah. It's a movie. I'm telling you now, Burl is a movie, and I would like you to write it and I will produce it. There you go. I can I can get Well, we've got three years, apparently. No. If anyway. my mother were still here, <laughs> she would for sure write that screenplay. But for sure. She's not. She's been gone too long. But if she were here, she'd do that. And okay. Br bringing it back. Bringing it back to we got to know each other hiking. Yeah. And um, and we started working together more and we started sharing mm -hmm. clients. And I really liked how you worked. Mm -hmm. You work very similarly to the way that I work. And, right. Which, you know, is kind of why we're doing this podcast anyway. Right. Um, and, you know, then, I don't know, in August sometime, I, I called you up and told you I was in love with you. And, and, that, and that was so scary for me because I was like, okay, he's not really interested <laughs> at all. Um, but he is a little flirty, but not really flirty. And I can't tell. And, and uh, I don't know. I just thought I'm just going to shoot my shot. Well, and let, what's the worst that could happen is we stay friends and that'd be fine. And let me tell you, every childhood fantasy I ever had came true at that moment. I'm serious. Every single one. When I was 14 years old, I had a very clear picture of what marriage looked like. I didn't think it was real. I thought it wasn't real. That's what I have right now. I have exactly my 14-year-old vision of what an adult life should look like as we speak because That's of you. Lovely. That's lovely. And that is what I realized in real time on the day that you called me from Mexico and told me you loved me. And within three weeks, we were married. Well, yes, because I, I came home and told you, I don't think we can date because Ugh. the town is too small. And it's that was too, awful. Our industry's way too gossipy. Mm -hmm. People will flip mm -hmm. out. Um, and... I I just thought, uh, but I knew I didn't want to, honestly, the way I felt is I didn't want to wake up another morning without you. Right. And you know, people did freak out. There was, there was definite freak out going on. 
Oh my God. We're so dumb. We were so just in this fog of being in love and, Mm -hmm. um, and because it turns out you did have some feelings for me (laughs) that you hadn't shared or weren't even aware of, or oh, I, I was know. fully aware, but no way. Like, okay, you think this is some kind of come online? When I say to you, you look like a French model to me. Well, it's silly. It's just you. It, it. It's not silly. That's you were in a different space than I saw myself in, right? And frankly, I was happy being the guy that the middle-aged divorcee smokers went out with. (laughs) I'm catnip to that group. So I enjoyed that group and I ran through it pretty hard. But And on on one of our hikes though, you had kind of confronted my my declaration of I'm never getting married again. That's true. So you had given me a lot to think about in in that too, because you just flat out you said to me, that's not true. Mm -hmm. I don't think you don't want to get married again. You don't want to get divorced again. That's exactly right. And that is the truth. And that made you think I had some higher knowledge than I do. I was just merely saying that I could tell, I could see through the veneer that you put up for people, that you aren't someone who wants to push people away. You're someone who doesn't want to be attacked. And that's different. So you put up your dukes. Yeah. And and you're, you know, a little on the defensive. True. I was able to cut through that because there was zero consideration of a relationship right. in our in our talks, right. which I got to tell you, thank God, because we would not be here if I was trying to... Oh, it's very true. If I was trying to hit that, as the kids say. Yeah, if either one of us had that in our mind, I don't think we'd be here because we just, we built such a strong friendship during mm-hmm. that time. <clears throat> and I'd let go of the idea of ever being involved with you in any other way besides a business partner and a friend because it just uh, to me I looked at it and I thought well you're not interested of course why would you be and that's okay we're gonna be friends And and I was trying to make the best of the relationships that I had and was fostering those relationships I had a girlfriend living at my home with her kids and wanted that to work she was in a different place than me though and um I think that's okay it worked out for me and I haven't really spent any time with her since that because it was embarrassing for everyone. So, you know, that's the one relationship because it was the active one when you and I decided we were going to have a thing that is not repaired. That's the one relationship that's not repaired. And that's too bad. I'm sad about that. That's because you don't like to end relationships. I'm the one who can cut people off and walk away and never think of it again. Never right. think of it again actually is not true. It actually haunts me. Right. You know, but I like to think I can just cut people off and walk away. I can't. Right. I still, you know, I still think about relationships I lost 30 years ago. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're right. I like to pretend that I'm tough, but really I'm just, I'm so emotional and so highly sensitive right. that I I can't deal with my emotions Sometimes I just can't let myself feel them because they're just very, very overwhelming. Well, and now that you've said that, um, let's move forward in the story. Because yeah, so we got married. We got married, but the stress that was going on in your life and the stress that was going on in my life definitely have health ramifications. Well, yeah, and I mean, to just kind of pull the pull the lens back a little bit and, and show even more of it, um, you know, I went through a divorce, which I don't care who you are. 
it, it's a terrible thing. And I won't go into details of why it was bad. Every divorce sucks to go through. That's exactly right. So, mine was pretty darn amicable. Mine was too. And we... And it was still hell. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it was shocking to everyone involved. It was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the whole mm -hmm. thing. So then the stress of the divorce... And then the stress of the life I was living, which right. was, listen, I worked hard. I partied hard. I I hardly slept. Drank um, a lot of liquor, whiskey did, and scotch. I mean, I don't know about a lot at times, yes. Mm -hmm. um, then taking on a new role, it, mm -hmm. I switched mm -hmm. real estate companies. I took on a new role at the real estate company that was, you know, <clears throat> a lot. So there was just a lot going on. And during that time as well, um, uh, my grandson Jack was born mm -hmm. while we were friends and we were hiking together. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. born and, and, um, not long after we got married, he passed away. Right. Um, so there was a lot of drama mm -hmm. in, in our, um, our world. Our world. Yeah. yeah. At, yeah. You know, in our professional world, there was a lot of drama because there were, you know, people were freaking out that we got married because we're just, we're so dumb. We were so excited that we just, uh, two days after we, you know, we're laying in bed in Vegas on our honeymoon and we get the video that our son James had made for us. So we decided, Hey, I know how we'll tell people we'll just post this video on social media. And Wow. And we embargoed it. We waited three days, what two a, or three days to response. release it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I yeah. think the response was overwhelmingly positive, but the negatives were super negative. They were. Yes. Yeah. The first response we got was that I got a text message that said, you whore. <laughs> so well, it was and, very... <laughs> and, to, and to be fair, that was a guy you broke up with before you went on your Mexico trip. Yeah, and and said, you know, this is feeling a little too stifling. I don't want to be in a relationship like this. And the, and then you know, it's too much like a marriage. I think is what you said. And you know, and what? that was honest. That was that was authentic. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then and then you know, shit happens. Right. That's just the truth of the matter. And I didn't know I was falling in love with you. I didn't know you were even a thing. And then and then you were. And there we are. And we got married. And and then all of that and Jack passed away and then you know there was just and then COVID hit just a few months later let's not jump to COVID yet though oh. because to me COVID was the greatest thing that's ever well, happened but it did change the way we did business and it changed the industry and it, it was stressful in that's that right. way I'm just saying it was more stress yes it was definitely um it added to the stress of life however COVID for me was a festival of fun because it changed the way we do business for sure. Mm -hmm. It made people less interested in coming to the office to sit down with their loan expert. Right. And, uh, you know, many banks forced their employees to work from home. Right. Washington State shut down the entire state until, you know, a month ago. Right. It was it changed everything which allowed us to buy a vacation home in Florida. Well, it allowed us to spend more time in Florida. Yes. Without negatively impacting our businesses, which very is the true. coolest thing ever. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. And at the same time, I you know, because the office shut down, well, mm -hmm. because of all the stress and mm -hmm. the drama that was going on um in our industry, I actually 
step down from my position as the productivity coach right. in the office. Yes. Um, and, you know, and well, my doctor said to me, I don't know what's going on with you and your body and your numbers, but whatever you're doing, you got to stop. You right. have to immediately reduce your stress. And, and that's going so, back to stress takes a toll on your body. Right. No matter what you think it does. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. A lot, a lot of physicians, um, aren't super holistic. They're, they're working on the symptoms. They're right. not working on the whole being. Right. Um, <clears throat> and you know, when you find someone who asks you questions about your life, not about your diet, they start with your life. They are really more attuned, I think, to yeah. the holistic picture. Right. And Aaron Johnson yep. at Total Care Clinic Great guy. in the Tri-Cities in Washington, uh, Walla Walla in Washington is that guy. So, so yeah, I started reducing the stress. So I started staying home more. That's right. I, I let go of that position, which was really hard for me because mm-hmm. it had been extremely successful. Mm-hmm. Um and then I felt like I had to let it go for lots of reasons. Um, but at the same time, we got to spend a ton of time together. That's exactly right. Now, That's right. You know, we got a security system at the house mm-hmm. because we had to, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, was part of the drama going on. And our comings and goings were reported. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. But, but. <laughs> Well, it's true. It's funny now. It wasn't it, funny then. Yeah, it wasn't funny then because I was just getting more and more sick. Right. That's and, exactly right. And now I, I can't even be social. I can't go out anywhere and we're just stuck at home. So what did we do? We just started traveling a lot and looking for a vacation home. That's exactly right. And you were you were traveling already. Yeah, yeah. But um, the fact that we were able to continue to travel. In fact, we were on a trip to Florida uh, visiting my dad and looking at real estate in... I don't know if it was March or April of last year, and one of our friends whose ex-husband is a police officer reached out to us and said, oh my God, the state is shutting down tomorrow. And that's before any announcements were yeah. made. Do you remember that? I do. And we got on a plane and we flew home, but it, it did shut down. I yeah. thought that, I, I thought that's poppycock. That is yeah. never going to happen. <clears throat> I don't know what kind of craziness this is, but it's not real. It can't it possibly did. be real. And it did happen. Yeah. And when the state shut down, it never really reopened until a month ago, which is so weird. When we bought our vacation home in Florida in October of last year, the state was already fully reopened. Yeah. We closed on it in October, so we shopped from like April to September. Right. In different areas of the country, we looked in Austin, Texas. Yep. We thought about Scottsdale, yep. Arizona. Yep. We looked all over Florida and ended up deciding on Lakeland, Florida for our vacation home, which now is, as you've mentioned, rapidly becoming our more primary, primary residence. Yeah. So we're here sure. about three weeks a month and, and in Tri-Cities about a week a month. And... Um, it's, it's really comforting for me specifically to be here in Lakeland, Florida, because I went to kindergarten and first grade here. So, you know, I was in the Billy Goats Gruff kindergarten play here, not somewhere else. So for me being able to walk down the street from the restaurant where we're having dinner and see my 
house that I lived in in kindergarten. Yeah, that was sweet. What a cool thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And as a kid who moved around all the time growing up, because my dad was a fast food guy, he was the colonel's fixer. So if there was a market that was not doing well at Kentucky Fried Chicken, my yeah. dad got the call and he went to that Johnny market Austin and turned it around. That's exactly right. So I moved... I think I, I sat down and I've moved 36 times before my 18th birthday. And that is in town moves Holy too. Smokes. But I, 36 different places for a kid to live before he turns 18. That could make a kid feel disassociated and distant and sullen. But for me, what it did was it gave me uh, uh, a mechanism to be able to be very outgoing and build instant relationships because it seemed like every January I was at a new school. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Until I got to junior high and then we kind of locked down one community and that was Lafayette, Louisiana. So when I talk about my home, I actually lived in Tri-Cities as my primary residence Mm -hmm. longer than I've lived in Louisiana in my life. But Louisiana's home to me. Right. My kids, however, think of Tri-Cities as home, even though they were born in Louisiana. That's where they grew up. That's where Caitlin right. started second grade in um, in Tri-Cities, and Benjamin went all of his school. Yeah, yeah. All of it there. And Washington will always be home to me. Right, that's it's right. very special. And, and you usually get weepy every time we I'm land. Getting, I'm getting a little teary-eyed In the now. Tri-Cities. I do, yeah. every time. I There's think that's good. So many, so much of my life, my whole life up till now has been there and, you know, and all of it. I don't want to get into it because I'm getting emotional. You can be emotional. About my it's mom okay and my for you to be and emotional and get teary eyed on the air. Ugh. I think I've cried on the air once in 15 years as a professional broadcaster. I think I cried on the air once and I don't remember what it was for. Isn't that odd? I don't have any idea what it was for. I remember, though, how desensitized I was to violence because one Christmas I had to run the board at News Radio KPL, and this is the weirdest thing ever. There was a uh, um, a fire at an orphanage. I don't remember what town it was in, but it was, I'd say, within 30 miles of Lafayette, Louisiana, and 12 little children died oh on the night of Christmas. God. Yes, and it was one of my favorite days on the air because I went on national radio. I was on ABC. I was on CBS. I was on national public radio as the reporter closest to the scene. Well, yay you, but God, what a horrible tragedy. Absolutely horrible, but you become desensitized as a news reporter because the grittier the story, the more exposure the story has, the more exciting it is as the guy reporting it. Does that make sense? Maybe that's what some of the people who couldn't stop talking about our marriage felt. Maybe, because... (laughs) Yeah. Pretty exciting news. Pretty exciting news. Anyway, so we got here... Um, and we decided to come kind of for the winter. Right. That's um, right. And give me some time to really heal and rest. And, yes. um, you know, sunshine's good for the soul and all that. And I'm, I don't think even the people closest to us knew how sick I had gotten and how bad it was right so and we didn't and and what we're we're talking about about, that's exactly right so as you hear her say just how sick she had gotten let's not mistake 
um, this for some kind of um, psychological, emotional sick. This is legitimate, bad, bad, bad yeah. sickness. Yeah. And go. Well, yeah. I think all of it. But yeah, physical. And I thought it was just my autoimmune stuff. Right. Flaring up. Right. Um, because stress does that. Um, but we finally get landed here in October. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, now I've got some downtime. I'm going to start doing some of those, you know, middle-aged. I'm almost 50 because I turned 50 in January. I'm going to start doing some of those, uh, you know, things that you do when you're of a certain age right. as a woman. So right. I went and got my first mammogram. Um, my first, you know, they used to do colonoscopies. They don't now. You poop in a box, which they, is super exciting. <laughs> they still do them, but the poop in a box no, is, no, but, is a quicker deal. Yeah, they used to do it as the first line, though. Right. Now they've got this, like, pre -te Anyway, so poop in a box. Uh, and, and you met a doctor who was a local mm -hmm. nurse practitioner, I believe, yeah. at, a, at a holistic family yeah, clinic. Yeah, so I was looking for something a little more holistic anyway. So I, I went and, and met with this doctor and started to, cause I use bioidentical hormone mm -hmm, replacement therapy. Mm -hmm, so I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, well I need somebody here that can, can do that for me. I That's need, exactly right. And I get my hormones tested every six months. I've done that for a long time and, and, um, worked with a great doctor in Tri-Cities, mm -hmm. Aaron Johnson, who mm -hmm. total care. Awesome guy. Yeah. Love that guy. And, um, there he's my doctor, but they're friends and clients of mine right. as well. That's so, right. Yep. Um, doesn't get better. So, but I, I found somebody and I went to her and, and as we're talking about that, she says to me, well, when was your last pap? Right. And I said, I don't remember. And I bet she and, looked at you with a scolding, angry face because she does that, which I love about her. Yes. And told you... She you said, need to go right now. She said, how long has it been? And I said, it's been at least 15 years. Mm -hmm. So hear me now and believe me later. <laughs> <laughs> hear me now, believe me later. You, you have to do that. That's right. You have to go for your annual screenings of, you know, whatever you're supposed to do. So I didn't because um, I just didn't think about it, right? Right. And um, so she said based on some of the symptoms that you're having mm -hmm. and the fact that it's been so long, mm -hmm. I need you to schedule that now. What's her name? Demetra Bennett. Demetra Bennett saved your life. Yes, very likely. And I love her for that. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Okay, yep. keep going. I almost got emotional. I almost cried number two on the air just now. <laughs> if you're watching this, you can probably see it. You are glossy. That, that scary. cloudy eyed cry look is happening right now, which I think is beautiful, by the way. So, so I went, you mm -hmm. know, and then I, um, and then I got a call that said, um, your pap came back abnormal. Um, we need to do some more testing and, this is the first of the breakdown in customer service where... And I knew we'd get there. We're she, 40 minutes in and we got there. Oh, this might be a, a long one or we could do it in two parts. No, it's fine. Keep going. Um, the information wasn't delivered clearly. Okay. Uh, I had questions that the, the doctor who performed the test, it was his nurse who was calling me to report 
the information. I had questions she couldn't answer. Right. Well, we just need you to come in for additional testing. Well, what additional testing? She couldn't answer that. What were the results of it? She couldn't answer that. Mm-hmm. So I spent, and the next available appointment they had was in two weeks. So you spent two weeks, and I know you, so I, I'm not going to exaggerate this. You spent two weeks fully investigating every possible thing that can come back from a pap smear. Yes, and Every terrified. single thing. And terrified because yeah. then I coupled it with the symptoms I was having, and I thought, oh, my God, this is not good. This is this is not good. I, I and what what did you self diagnose? What did you think would was happening? I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know, but um, it just didn't sound good. But I kept battling with myself. I I would I would think this is not good. This this is all pointing to cancer, right? Uh, and cancer. then and then I would you know rein my brain back in and say you don't know anything yet, right? Just sit tight. And I the whole time because I'm just a dumb galoot who believes everything's going to be okay was like it's going to be fine let's not right let's not create something that isn't here let's wait and see right so one point i want to make in in the medical field is the whoever's contacting the patient needs to know some information other than i can't tell you anything you just have to come in for your next appointment I agree and with that. And if, if that's the case, I don't know anything, you just have to come in for your next appointment, they need better scripting right. for how to handle that and put people at ease or give them some sort of direction or something because I had nothing. Right. Now, I want to say also, in everything we've talked about, all the stress that we were going through, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we still worked. Yes, my workload didn't slow down at all. And you can't slow down during, because of what's happening in your life. Exactly. During all of that. Right. And um, I didn't lose any clients. Right. I took on more clients. It was, they. I didn't miss a beat right. with my clients. Now, while I was going through my divorce, I will tell you, I'll be very transparent. I was very distracted. I was in an emotional turmoil. It was a disaster. And I was fired five times. Times. And, I've never and by been fired, fired. You mean by clients? By clients. Right. I've never been fired in my whole life from anything. Right. But while I was going through my divorce, I got fired by five clients. And rightfully so. I was distracted. I was a mess. And right. but the people who did stick with me, God bless. Because <laughs> I needed them, right? Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> so <laughs> So two weeks later I go in for I have no idea what. They right. said follow-up tests. Right. I don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm on pins and needles. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so anxious. I have some anxiety anyway. And I'm just like off the charts anxious when I go in. Yes. Only to find out I'm going to have a biopsy that day. That day. And that's when Benjamin was here visiting. You went on a Friday thinking you were just getting another kind of pap smear or or they were going to look at your cervix with a microscope. That's what they said. Yeah, they said that is, yeah, that is true. I had messaged the doctor through the app and he said, we just look at your cervix with a microscope. Right. Which wasn't actually accurate. You look at things from your cervix in a microscope is what he should have said. He did. And then uh, the deal is depending on what they see, they, then yes. there's there's a biopsy. So 
that I was a wreck. I mean, I was having a panic attack and I, I remember I took my mask off and the doctor said to me, please keep your mask on. We have to wear masks. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe. I, there was no, it was like such a disconnect. Like you're talking about reporting on stories. That's right. It was such a disconnect from my humanity. Yes. That I, and I was looking to the nurse Mm -hmm. for some kind of compassion, some kind of something, like I needed somebody to hold my hand. I needed somebody. Oh, and this was during a time because the pandemic, you couldn't be with me. I had to come by myself. Yep. And so I had the biopsy, Mm -hmm. four biopsies, um, and uh, in three different parts of the cervix so one just inside the uterus and um and then they just send you on your way and we'll call you with the results so did you feel um violated in that well actually because you didn't expect to have a medical procedure you expected to have testing right and you showed up for testing, thinking you were going to later go out to dinner like nothing happened, to some sort of invasive medical procedure? Well, it's interesting that you asked me that question because um, I came home, I opened up my laptop, and I started writing. Uh Because I thought, in some of the most traumatic moments of my life, Mm -hmm. I've written because I never want to forget how it feels in that moment. Okay. And this was one of those moments okay. that I thought I need to write all this down because I never want to forget how this feels um, just in case I ever need to tell this story or <clears throat> someone else has this story and I can connect with them or I'm, I don't know because it mm-hmm. was so horrific. And, and when I wrote about it, I said, it, it reminded me of being 16 years old in the back of a van in a parking lot, drunk out of my mind when I was raped. I, it was I had an encounter that was not consensual. I was saying no, 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 and it happened anyway. And that kind of, it felt, I had that same panic. I had mm-hmm. that same feeling afterward of mm-hmm. violation. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing I could do about it. Wow. I had to have the biopsy done if I wanted to find out what was wrong. And so... I don't... You know, you talk about um, police and modern policing and how um, police departments need to have, uh, like, social service people with them to help when there's some kind of emotional or mental breakdown with a patient. And um, I wonder if doctor's offices should also have people on staff who are counselors to be involved. You know, gynecologists, it's interesting. I'd say in the last 15 years, maybe, maybe longer, I don't know. I'm not involved in one uh, in that industry, but I noticed a clear shift when gynecologists brought nurses into appointments with them. And I think it's because of a a shift in 
the legal system where people were saying they were violated and so they right. needed someone there to make sure everybody felt comfortable. <clears throat> Maybe in a situation like the one you just described, having some kind of counselor on staff that can talk to you about the emotional ramifications of what's happening might be warranted. Well, I, don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. I think if... You know, the doctor had been a little more compassionate toward my feelings. Um, because all he said, when I was having my panic attack, he looked at me and said, we don't have to do this. Put your mask back on. Well, he said, put your mask back on. Then he said, you know, we don't have to do this. And that's not helpful. And that, it wasn't helpful. And it also, it, I was, I was, it was a catch 22. I was stuck. I had to do it if I wanted to, but I didn't have any time to prepare. So yeah. I was panicked. If the nurse had just reached out yeah. and maybe put a hand on my shoulder. For me, physical touch mm-hmm. really calms me and grounds me. So, and I also, I, I want to be clear and, 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 and I understand that this may be isolated. This may not be something that other people experience. It I, might be just me. I, I don't think know. you'd be surprised. <clears throat> I think anybody going in to find out if they have cancer is in a heightened emotional state. I don't I don't think there's any chance that this story is isolated to you with your anxiety. I don't I don't think there's any chance of that. Maybe. I don't a- know. And um that wasn't the appointment where you were given the diagnosis. No. And that's no, in fact, that still was, coming. yeah, that was more. So I went home, I had aftercare that I had to, I mean, I did, had yeah. no idea I was having yeah. like a, a minor surgical procedure. And neither did I. Mm. And we had one of our kids here and that was definitely a, a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so went home and, and waited mm-hmm. for results. Mm-hmm. And while I waited, I ordered a book on, on it and I, I devoured information about what it could be. Oh, this was the other thing they said on the phone. Uh, It could, this is before the biopsy. She said, uh, you just need to come in for more testing. Uh, It could just be your HPV flaring up. And you're like, HPV? I'm sorry, my what? (laughs) Yeah, it it could just be your HPV flaring up. It could just be a flare up maybe. But uh, we don't know, so you need to come in for more testing. I was like, wait a minute, are you, I, I'm sorry, my, well, I, I'm sorry, did I have an HPV test that came back positive? Right. And she goes, oh, yeah. Well, oh, 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 I didn't know about that. No one ever said anything to you. <clears throat> and before we got married, we went to Planned Parenthood <clears throat> and did a full panel of STIs, yeah, yeah. and that was not one of them that they. No, that was not recommended. But I don't want to blame other people because I didn't have a PAP for 15 years. You right. know what I'm saying? Yep, yep, so, yep, yep. And HPV can lie dormant in your body for years and years, or it could Demetra have been. Demetra Bennett thing. saved your life, yeah, making you sure. go get that PAP smear. Yeah. I love her and will always buy her <laughs> farm fresh eggs as a result. There you go. They're $4 a carton. <laughs> And you need to bring cash. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're six dollars a carton. I don't know, but I don't you need remember, to bring cash. They're great. So <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So we waited, <laughs> and then um, they called eventually with with the results, which I think was about another two weeks. Mm-hmm. And the nurse read the pathology report to me over the phone, mm-hmm. and I said, "What does that mean?" 
and she started rereading the pathology report. Yeah. I said, no, 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 no. I don't understand any of the words you're using. What does this mean? And she said, well, you have some options. You can have a LEAP procedure, which is like a laser scoop. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have a cone biopsy mm -hmm. uh, or you can have a hysterectomy. Right. What do you want to do? I mean, just like that, no, no advance warning, no prep, no conversation with the doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, well, I can't tell you right now. I've got to think about this and figure out what my best option is. And I'd really appreciate a conversation with the doctor. Well, his schedule's filling up quickly, so you need to make a decision. I, I'd make a decision within about a week if I were you. <sighs> That was the whole conversation, and I and I hung up the phone and and I, well, I asked her if they'd be if the results would be uploaded to my patient portal. Mm -hmm. She said yes. It took them another two or three days to upload them. The minute she said yes, though, you ended the conversation because you knew that you would research it and you've yep. got some resources and you would yep. you'd figure it out. You're like Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. You're involved in every aspect of your healthcare, which is very different than how I am, right. but it's great because it helped you get through this very tough time yeah yeah and i so you know another two or three days i don't know what the hell's going on mm -hmm. i'm just getting more and more scared mm -hmm. and um finally i get the pathology report i i printed it mm -hmm. and every word i didn't understand i looked up the definition of it right which was a lot because it's medical jargon. I yeah. don't know what any of it means. And you've got a sixth grade education. Oh. <laughs> That's a joke. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's my sense of humor. Sixth grade sense uh, of humor. Uh, I don't. I don't understand this word here. It says phlebotomy. Hey, what now, is phlebotomy? My grandma. I'm just kidding. My mom's mom had a seventh grade education. One of the most brilliant women I ever knew. So, there you go. There you and, go. And that's your. Say that again, your mom's My mom. My mom's mom. And that's the lady that is the star of the movie, Burl. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you stop. But yeah, so it took me hours to decipher the information. Right. And then I called. Days. Well, yes, a couple yeah. of days. Yeah. Then I called my um, daughter in law, who's mm -hmm. a nurse. Yep. Maddie, she's great. Yeah, she's amazing. I think she's a some kind of social media influencer. She is cool and a nurse. Yeah. Super she's cool. She's a very special, special girl. She's not a girl. She's grown up, but I love her And the her mom dearly. to one of our grandkids who we're going to see yes. in just a couple of weeks. I'm yep. very excited about that. Yeah, little Eli. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I called her and I, I talked with her a little bit, um... Because I needed to decide what to do. So I called my oldest daughter, who's also an avid researcher like mm -hmm. me, and has been through a lot with her fertility. Right. Nobody knows more about women's reproduction than Danielle. Or as I like to say, mm -hmm. lady business. So <laughs> I called both of them. I talked to them. Yes. Um, meantime, through all this, we made, I think, two trips back mm -hmm. to Washington. Yep. Didn't tell a soul what yep. was going on. It was hard. It was really hard. Yep. And... Um, it, business as usual. Yeah, can't slow down. Can't stop, won't stop. We right. are on, boy. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I talked with both of them, and, and they gave me a lot of really good insight. And um, 
And there's some discrepancy in the medical community on my diagnosis. So uh, is it a discrepancy or is it just how we, how we classify we, like I'm in the medical community, the classification it, of what you had, your diagnosis is murky. Some yes. offices say what you had is pre-cancer. Some CID three. Yes. Some offices straight up call that cancer. Yes. And what is the explanation of that? Well, I'm not really sure why. I've asked a few people, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know is the answer to that question. I think... Cadillac system Mm -hmm. in Washington calls that cervical cancer. Right. I asked your your doctor who did your surgery that question, Mm -hmm. and what he told me, and I may be butchering this, he told me... (laughs) that the difference in the classification really is about how invasive it is. It is for sure cancer cells, right? Mm -hmm. If it's uh, uh, less invasive, if it's localized localized to the cervix, Mm -hmm. they often call it pre-cancer. If it's gone past that, then they call it cancer, and I think it's because of psychology. I think they don't want people to feel like they're getting a death sentence. It is cancer, but right. how bad is it, right? Yeah, and I remember when I was looking up all the words I didn't understand from mm-hmm. the pathology report, mm-hmm. and there was a Latin phrase, and I thought, well, what is this? And I don't remember the Latin, but I sure as hell remember the translation of it because the translation was cancer on site. right. And that's when I thought, this can't be real. And I right. started looking up mortality rates and I started looking up, I mean, everything. Because I thought, this I haven't gone through all this to come to this point and have this, you know, take me out. Be and, the end. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, some might say I'm, I'm being dramatic. But I think if there's ever a moment to be dramatic, it's that moment. I don't think... Anyone of value as a human person would say that to you. Well, maybe. Someone who is insensitive, self-centered, and focused only on their personal gratification may say that. But no one who cares about others could possibly hear someone telling this story and think, oh, too dramatic. Mm -mm, Nope, no good. Well, I would hope so. Well, let me tell you, if there is anybody like that out there, I don't want to spend time with that person because I do. That is not how you treat people with kindness. And I don't really believe there are people like that. I don't. I don't really believe it. Maybe people use that as a throwaway line. Person ever. I just don't. I don't. I don't buy it. So, so, and and hopefully not. But we, I did all the research. Based on how I read the pathology report, I thought, man, it looks to me like with all this data and everything that I'm reading that the hysterectomy is really the only good option. Mm-hmm. So, my and, colleague, and Maddie said to you, get that crap out of there as soon as you can. Yeah. That's cancer. Yeah, yeah. She and did. she didn't, there were no holds barred. So I really, I have to give some credit to her as well Yeah, for giving me, being in the medical Yep profession yep. as she is and giving me the confidence to yep. make the decision. Mm-hmm. So um, thank God for that. And <clears throat> I, um, 
So I called the office back. I said, you know, I want, I want to do the hysterectomy. And they said, okay, well, if you're going to do that, we have to refer you to a different doctor in the office. Right. Because the doctor that you had for the <clears throat> procedure was hurt somehow. He like hurt his oh, hand yeah, or something, right? yeah, he had a really right? bad back injury. Was it a back injury? Yeah. Okay, that's and good. And so... Um, that's not good. I, I don't mean no, to no, say no, that. No, 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 no. I get it. But it worked out in my favor because they referred me to Dr. Alvarez. Super, super guy. It was like a match made in heaven. Yep. Like... From the moment I met with him, he he heard me. Mm-hmm. He he listened to all my questions. Yes. Um, he answered them really compassionately. Yes. His nurse was fantastic mm-hmm. as well, and and she is that person who reaches out and touches your arm and says everything's going to be okay. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and um and it was like it was like night to day once I met with him. <clears throat> but here's what's interesting, and this is why I believe you need to be your own best advocate which is just a side note. This is just a personal belief. Okay. He said, uh, so the hysterectomy is pretty aggressive. Um, Let me tell you about these other options. He told me about the other options. And then I said to him, have you read the full pathology report? Right. Because I understand that maybe he's just looked at my chart and come in to do a consult. Right. Maybe he hasn't looked at the whole thing. That's exactly right. That's fine. He said, well, no, actually... I haven't. And I said, well, do, will you do me a favor and take just a moment while we're here together and read through the pathology report? And he did. And when he got to the end of it, he said, I'm really sorry that I even took the time to tell you about those other two procedures. The hysterectomy is really your only option. Right. Because it was legit. It was cancer. You had cancer. <clears throat> That's the big takeaway <clears throat> at this moment. Cancer for sure. Yeah. And so... Now we have to do surgery. And now we have yeah. to deal with the emotional ramifications of being diagnosed with cancer. And now we have to talk about how life <laughs> might might not be okay. Right. Right? Right. And that's something that I I just can't even consider personally. Right. Everything right. Everything's going to be okay the end. That's how I look at life. Yeah. And part of what happened during that time that I am really grateful for mm-hmm. is I decided... I want to have a consulting business mm-hmm. with you. Yep. And it's something I have to do before I die. Now is the time. Is that what made you jump on mm-hmm. Sherwood Austin Business what, Growth we, Experts? We had played around with this idea for right. about a year. Mm-hmm. And that's what finally made me say, nope, let's let's do it. We got to do it. I, yeah. could, I could be gone in 45 days. None of us has any, any guarantee, right? It's mortality yeah. motivation, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So I was like, I got to do that. I got to write. Mm-hmm. which I did start writing. I've got to do some more keynote at which I have done, mm-hmm. you know? So some of those things that just really bring me life and I got to go to the beach more, which we do and yeah, all those things. So <laughs> I've got to make for sure me, be public, in touch with Public speaking and broadcasting is a thing that I didn't even know I was missing. I did it for 15 years, but now that I'm uh, at a place in my lending career that I can take my foot off the gas a little bit. And what I mean by that is now that I've got enough of a past client base, I don't need to be as aggressively building new clientele. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean do loans less Mm. feverishly and do loans less intently. Now, every day you're working on it. It just means I I don't need to take 30 (laughs) realtors out to lunch this week to, to well, build my business. Well, the pandemic changed all that anyway. It did. It did. And sooner or later, you know, people are going to, get back to normal, I suspect. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have to make a decision. Do we cut and pivot? 
Do yeah. we keep doing what we're doing? Well, that's kind of the beauty of what we've done. That's we've realized exactly right. we don't have to stay anywhere that's or right. do anything. We can, at a moment's notice, pick up from here and go do something else. And it's so odd <clears> to <throat> me, and I thank you to Rocket Mortgage or whatever they're called, the online mortgage people. They've changed the way individuals look at mortgages as well. So mm-hmm. they don't necessarily need to sit down belly to belly with their mortgage person, right. but they do need to still build a relationship with a mortgage <laughs> person so they can feel like you don't need to apologize. I turn down your mic every single time you go to cough and no one can really hear it. They can hear a little bit of it on mine, mm. but it doesn't. it's not a big deal. And watching the video, they can see it. Yeah. So maybe okay. you should apologize to the people watching the video. Nice. Apologies. <laughs> um, but I want to get back to, to yeah. the thing because then yeah. now we've got the diagnosis. Now we know what we're going to do. We mm-hmm. get on the schedule. We get the all the pre-op. We get the, you know, surgery scheduled. And I go back into research mode because mm-hmm. I want to know everything that's going on. I got to tell all the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And we and we did a we did a uh, mm-hmm. a tour of all the kids. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I want to be honest with them, but I don't want to scare anybody. I want to, it's just a, it's a whole thing. And so, um, <clears throat> so I think it, it was March 15th. I had my surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had one more trip back to Washington before the surgery, Right. uh, the end of February we were there. And, and I think that's when I told all the kids, I wanted to tell them all face sure. to face. And yep. anyway, uh, and then, you know, now I'm terrified going into surgery, but I've got a new listing in Washington. Right. And it's getting like 8 million uh, requests for showings because right. the market is hot, hot, hot there. And, you know, two days before or a day before my surgery, I have to go in and do all the pre-op. And I kid you not, I'm driving to do the pre-op, panicking and taking calls, <laughs> scheduling <laughs> listings and everything. And I mean, it was nuts. But thankfully, I, I guess I had that distraction at the time and- and uh, anyway, so yeah, we go in the morning of the surgery, and and I think that you weren't sure I would go through with it. Well, you weren't sure you were going to go through with <laughs> I it. I wanted that's, to. That's bolt. the thing. You were trying to get out of it, and I knew for sure, without any doubt at all, that it was going to be okay. Yeah. I knew it. It's it, but that's how I'm built, right? That's my right. that's my code. That's inside of me. It is, and and I think since. My mom died. I've had this really crazy, un, illogical, unrealistic fear of death. And I don't know that that's illogical or unrealistic. <laughs> well, okay, I don't know, but it feels like it. And so, when I my biggest fear for the surgery is that I wouldn't wake up. Right. And uh, you know, I di- I didn't again didn't want to scare my kids, but I did. I sent I sent one of my daughters. Um, a song, and mm-hmm. I said, "Listen, I'm not trying to be dramatic, and I think everything's going to be fine. But just in case, I'm part of the, you know, four tenths of a percentage that this goes very wrong. I want you to send this to everyone, and also I'll need you to call David right away because you know he'll he'll need support. <laughs> you know, you, and you, 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 I don't mean to interrupt you, but you said the thing that you said earlier. I don't mean to be dramatic." What about that makes you well, feel like that's a thing? Okay, my whole life I grew up with a mom who said, why are you so dramatic? Okay, so those are so words that are hardwired. Hard yep, yeah, 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 that's yeah. exactly right. That yeah. makes sense. And People, frankly, now I get paid to be dramatic. There's yes, a lot about what I that's do right. that, you know. 
And you marry the most dramatic (laughs) human in the the planet. You know what I mean? Together, people can't stand us. I saw a Gary Larson (laughs) cartoon the other day and was telling David uh, (laughs) about this. Uh, It's it's two people side by side, and the exit sign is over the door, and one person's just pushing the door, and that's exit. And the other person has his hand on his head, and he's leaned back, (laughs) and it says dramatic exit. That was hilarious. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. <laughs> That's you and I, dramatic exit. Anyway, so they, um, so I said, you know, to the doctor, I, they said that the anesthesiologist maybe would give me something before the surgery to kind of mm-hmm. help me. And I said, and I quote, this is a quote that I said to the doctor, this is how anxious I was, that would help me calm my ass down. Right. You were <laughs> definitely a little edgy. And so. Coming off the wall. So, did we meet Sarah before I went in or after? Before. She was she was your nurse. Okay. Let's just talk about that. So, I you know, we I actually ended up picking up a new client mm-hmm. for Sherwood Austin. I, we ended up picking up mm-hmm. a new client. Mm-hmm. Yes. But she talked to us yes. before my surgery mm-hmm. when I was in the heightened panic and this goes back to what we talked about a couple of episodes ago about learning to be compartmentalized in your and, thinking. And no matter what's going on with you, you need to be able and ready to be in work mode. Right. And you were panicking, coming out of your seat, uh, yeah. coming off Freaking the walls, out. and Sarah came in, and she was your nurse, and she was making us all feel better, and she says, oh, wait a second. You do you do kind of sales coaching? I don't know how that even came I up, I don't by either, the way. but blah, blah, blah. We followed up with her, and you know she and I are meeting this week, and so that's great. And now she's a client. But, but um, That's great. But they, so he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll get, and so the anesthesiologist came in. Now listen, I don't know what they gave me, but Hallelujah. I think it was propofol. I think it was the Michael Jackson drug. I don't have any idea what it was. You loved it, though. Every bit of my anxiety went away. Instantly. I've, I've never felt calmer in my life. I didn't feel like drunk. I didn't feel high. I didn't feel like that kind of thing. I didn't feel mm-hmm. inebriated in any way. I just felt like I was dancing in a meadow <laughs> <laughs> of of loveliness so uh, note to self if (laughs) if you've got to get over something horrible no don't tell people to do that (laughs) but it what what it did i've never felt made all of your anxiety go away it did all of it every every bit of it yeah and i just settled right in and and had the surgery and then you think when you come out of surgery <clears throat> you're going to feel better, right? Because yes. now it's over. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not over mm-hmm. because then they send samples off to right. pathology That's right. for a couple of reasons. They want to make sure it was localized to the cervix and nowhere else. Right. And in order to do that, they've got to take biopsies from the surrounding tissue mm-hmm. and send them off, get mm-hmm. them tested. So you actually, it was f- four or five days post-surgery that I finally got the call that yes, it was localized to the cervix, pathology report otherwise came back clear. Right. And we're good to go. And your doctor, um, Dr. Alvarez. Yes. 
absolutely made me feel comfortable when he came to talk to me post-surgery because he answered my questions like, hey, how come some people call this cancer and some doctors don't call this cancer? Right, right. He, he took the time to have that conversation with me. And in that conversation, he said to me, listen, David, we're going to send this off to the pathology lab to get results and find out that everything's localized. But I was in there for quite some time and I only saw what looked like affected tissue at the site that we already knew about. Right. And I didn't see any mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. signs of, uh, of cancer mm-hmm. in there at all. I think we've got it all, but we're going to double check and re-verify right. and get the lab results. I think they'll confirm my visual inspection that I think everything's good to go. Right. And I got to tell you something. The fact that he told me that, took away for me right any fear and, uh, and and I love that and I got that report as well but I didn't I didn't feel that relief until 5 days right post surgery when I got the call that said that and I just I just broke down crying and thought you know finally I can breathe I felt right. like I hadn't taken a full deep breath for months yeah yeah you know it was very hard to watch you during that time because I love you. And I think spending time seeing you scared mm-hmm. um, because you have such a tough persona. You have such a strong chin. You know what I mean? <laughs> You look like somebody who can take a punch is what I'm saying. And we now know that's not true because, (laughs) you know, an eight ounce racquetball takes you down, takes Uh you out. It does. (laughs) It does. It hurts. Not even hit hard, but still that's neither here nor there. I did not hit that. Let me tell you something. I was hit in the face by a lady who was sponsored a professional racquetball player. That was hard. She hit the, dickens out of me well, you know what and you know what she said to me let me tell you something i immediately apologized about hitting you but heather who's a great lady and she's in healthcare, by the way but she's also a racquetball player she said to me shouldn't have looked back because it was when i turned around to see where she was on the court that that ball smashed me right in the face right so i should stop being so dramatic is what you're saying no i don't think that at all i'm saying i barely hit you She hit me hard, and instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, said, shouldn't have looked back. Oh, my god! Which I shouldn't have looked back. That's absolutely true. Well, fine. What I do want to, though, mention (laughs) in the the hospital, this is important for me to mention. Okay, here we go. Serious face. I had the most fantastic care. Lakeland Regional Medical Center gave me fantastic care. Every CNA... Every nurse, every doctor, every clerk at the counter, I mean... Even the girl that cleaned the room... Was phenomenal. Every single person that we encountered was great. And the Mm -hmm. best thing about it, I will say, is every single person that we encountered was happy to be at work. They were. What was important to me is they treated me like a human. They saw the humanity in me. They saw me and they heard me. And they spoke to me as if I mattered. Yeah, they they spoke Londa, mm-hmm. which and that is was really important. important. Yeah, absolutely. That time. And the only thing that was weird to any of them, and I think it was weird to all of them, is that you refused 
the painkillers, the narcotics that they give you post-surgery. You refused. You only accepted ibuprofen, I think. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's true. It could be Tylenol. I don't know. I don't know. Could have been acetaminophen. Acetaminophen could have been ibuprofen. But that's all you took. You did not take any of the pain relief. And I think that's why you, uh, two weeks later, were fully operational like nothing ever happened. Uh, Fully operational is a stretch, but... I didn't, uh, there's a reason I didn't, there's a reason that I refused that. And it's because I've had one other surgery in my Mm -hmm, life. mm -hmm. I had my gallbladder removed when I was 23. Yes. And coming out of anesthesia, Mm -hmm. um, I was really, really, really sick, very, very nauseous. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be, I didn't, I knew that because of the research I did, I knew that the narcotics could make me more nauseous. Right. And I didn't want to be dealing with like being foggy and in and out and being nauseous. As it was, I was, I was nauseous for two hours after coming out of surgery. But, um, but I, I, I would tell you that your doctor, Dr. Alvarez was shocked at your two week appointment. He was. That you not only, uh, looked like a million bucks, which you did. You were dressed similarly to the way you're dressed today. Very stylish, very hip, very uh, flashy. You're a flashy dresser. I, I love it. Anyway, talk. he said to you during that appointment, and I wasn't there, so I had to go by your uh, dramatic re- reinterpretation <laughs> of the event. I'm just kidding. Uh, that That he said, you don't look like somebody who had a hysterectomy two weeks ago. In fact... Most people who have a hysterectomy need help into the appointment. Mm-hmm. And then he said to you, but the good news is you look pretty good so you can start driving again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you had driven yourself to the appointment. I you, didn't know. They you, said no driving for 10 days. It was 14. Right. There so you I go. I thought it was fine. Yeah. You, you didn't mess around at all. You were, but some of that you is, were ready to vacuum on day three. No, I had to stop you no, from no, doing no. it. You I were wasn't. fully. No. You, uh, you, I followed the doctor's orders, you, but I also you did. had my own. But my, I reminded you a yeah, couple yeah, times. Yeah. No, no, you can't do that. I I'll know. do that. I also had my own regimen that I was doing post-surgery. Well, pre-surgery and post-surgery. Right. I, your fitness level absolutely played a part in your fast recovery. Absolutely well, do, no question. You know, I take vitamins and supplements. That's and right. They were, I did, kind of designed a regimen around that specifically for that, for healing and all that stuff. I, I get, I'm a little bit of a hippie that way, I guess. But I, I would not call you a hippie, but yes, you're definitely into holistic medicine and that's right. okay. That's good. And four weeks post-surgery, we traveled to Washington for... Um, or five days and that went great and you know and and now i feel completely normal and how long has it been right now seven weeks seven and a half eight weeks i don't know it was march 15th yeah so whatever that is yeah whatever i don't know i but don't know. I, feel, I don't know i mean I the know. day they told me i could go back to working out and nor- and you know <laughs> all my normal activity was amazing that that was fantastic. The the six no. week mark for me was the best part. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you gotta be happy. you gotta be careful. We're you know very, what I mean? Yeah. And I'm very very um, thankful to be you know where I am today. And and I hope that somebody hears this who can gain some 
something from it. And maybe it's in, uh, it could be in any number of parts of, of the story. Cause right. I've been very, I chose purposefully to be very honest, very raw right. and very authentic in this conversation, even though it's scary. Well, and you know, uh, you are one of the most authentic people I know. Um, and you usually don't pull any punches as a defense mechanism. You sometimes put up your guard for sure, you know? Um, but I got to tell you, you are when someone gets past the veneer, so sweet and loving, so different than the person you portray yourself I to be. Not. Yes, you are. I'm a badass bitch. Uh, okay, say what you want. <laughs> um, but you, you're a sweet girl who has a lot of fears and, you know, needs, needs somebody who wants to hold her hand. And I'm thrilled Ugh. that you let me be that person. That's a wonderful thing for me because I need that. I Finding, need to be that person. Coming to a place where that doesn't feel like a weakness has is is has been and is continu continues to be a journey for me. Why would that be a weakness? Needing someone else, needing people, needing being emotional. Ev all of that was everybody was needs somebody. Weakness. Everybody needs somebody. Formative years. Somebody to love. Freddie Mercury <laughs> said it best with Queen. It's true. It is true though. It is. And and you know, I'm glad I'm here now. Um I can't change anything in the past, mm -hmm. but I'm certainly glad to be here in this place today. I think I'm a much more loving, compassionate, and um, whole human. Okay, I like that. All right, let's let's put it let's put a a, a, a bow on this because we're almost an hour and a half into this conversation. Um, and people who really want to hear this, we're going to have to put that in the introduction when we Absolutely. release this, yeah. that it's a longer version than normal. They'll I, see it. And but you know what? If, you know what? It's if, good though. It's good. one person says, oh, she got raped at 16 and so did I, and I can keep, she kept going and so can I. Great. If one person says, oh, you know, he got a divorce he, and still found love. Yeah, yeah. It, right. You know, if one person mm -hmm. finds some, oh, she has terrible anxiety but still does X, Y, Z, that's all I care. Right. One person to be encouraged in some way by this. Really. Right. I, I don't really know how to classify this episode of the session with Londa and David because it's, it's so, just very personal. so, so different than what we've been doing. Um, but, you know, I think it's... Um, it's kind of, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A new beginning. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a celebration of possibilities. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, our... Maybe it'll encourage someone to not feel stuck where they are. You're not stuck. I got news for you. You're not stuck. Well, that's true. There's more to come. Just, that, that's exactly right. Just go right. do it. And I always have told people, think about, and I've told myself this, think about the worst time of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was for you. I don't know what it was for me, but the very worst time of my life, I got through. Right. Here I am. Mm -hmm. So it does get better. It gets better. This has been The Session with Londa and David. My name is David Austin, and we've been joined for the last hour and 25 minutes by Londa Sherwood Austin, 
founder, owner, president, and CEO of Sherwood Austin Business Growth Experts. I do all the heavy lifting. We didn't have to dance this whole outro.